Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, November 9th, 2022. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Ashley, after a day Matt. off for me from the show, I am back. And in today's episode, I'm going to go through a number of the shows that I've seen. I've seen six shows so far in my trip to New York. I have five more left. Mm. So I'm at the halfway point, the line of demarcation. We're nice. going to do the full reviews for one of them. And then I'll talk about that one. And then I'll talk about the rest of them at the end of the episode. It's been a really good trip um, show-wise yeah, for me so far. Yeah, it seems like it. Which like, I, it's not necessarily a rare occurrence, but usually you have more to complain about at this point. Well, not complain, just like some of them are <laughs> just like, fine, they're fine. But like no, <laughs> nothing I've seen has just been, well, one thing I thought was fine. Um, everything else I thought I, I okay. really enjoyed. So we'll, we'll get into all of that here in a second. But before we do, I want to remind everybody to head over to patreon.com slash broadwayradio, broadwayradio.com slash patreon so that you can support us and get all of the episodes that we publish before anybody else. All right, so let's get into the news, and we're going to start with one of the shows that I saw. It officially opened on Sunday, technically, but the press like embargoed opening was Monday, so it was very confusing. Mm, they had their like official opening celebration on Sunday at MCC for Only Gold, the new musical. The reviews were released on Monday, so we have a number of those that I want to run through here real quick before I share my thoughts. But if you are unfamiliar with what this show is, it is a new musical that features both library songs and a few new songs written by the British singer songwriter slash actress Kate uh, Kate Nash mm-hmm. uh, and it has a new book by Andy Blankenbuehler and Ted Malawer and it is directed and choreographed by Blankenbuehler. It has a phenomenal cast of singing actors and dancers led by the phenomenal Terrence Mann, Gabby Diaz, Hannah Cruz is in there uh, as well um, unfortunately I was there on a night when one of the leads, uh, Karen uh, Plantadit, uh, was out. So I did not see her. She had been uh, one of the featured dancers in two of the Twyla Tharp shows that came to Broadway, both um, the Billy Joel show on the town and... No, no moving out. No, moving Please, out. How dare you? <laughs> uh, moving out and then the Frank Sinatra one, Come Fly With Me or Come Fly Away. I don't know. One of those two. One of them. And yeah. So I missed her. Um, so I saw Katie Weber um, in that role as well. Kate Nash also appears uh, in the show. But uh, it's an interesting one. We'll get to it here in a second. It is currently on sale um, uh, through November 27th. I am interested to see if this one will extend. Uh, we'll see after we talk about mm. the reviews, though. So let's get into it. Um, let's start first with the New York Times' Jesse Green, who opened his review by saying, quote, The cutesy Frenchness of Only Gold, a dance musical hybrid directed and choreographed by Andy Blankenbuehler, begins even before the lights go up. The pre-show announcement is winkingly bilingual, but it really moves into overdrive when Kate Nash, the English singer-songwriter who provided the music and lyrics, arrives on stage and says, Quote, Paris, 1928, a time when rules were ready to be broken. A show that starts that way should come with a content warning. These cliches may hurt your teeth. The upside of Only Gold, which opened on Monday at MCC Theater, is that it is so pretty to look at and so musically dreamy, you can almost tune out the words. Nash's are hard to decipher anyway, because rhyme and scansion aren't her thing. The ear gets no help. 
As for the spoken words, the book is by Blankenbuehler and Ted Mallower. They have the skeletal feebleness of a fable, except when occasionally larded with triple cream tropes like listen to, listening to your heart, Paris working her charm, and magic in the cobblestones. He goes on to talk about the dance, which is really at the center of this show, saying, quote, but then all the dancing is thrilling. Perhaps it's the magic in the cobblestones. And if it comes as no surprise that Blankenbuehler, the choreographer of Hamilton, can assemble eye-catching sequences with long narrative arcs, it's nice to see him working with a full cast of dancers, not just an ensemble. Green wraps up his review by saying, quote, When it's a fair fight, so much the better. But in only gold, the simplistic story and trite dialogue drag the dancing down. Perhaps the authors spent too much time listening to their hearts and not enough to organs higher and lower. I don't know what that means. I don't either. Listening to (laughs) organs higher. I get it. Brain. You understand that. What organs is he talking about? Is he talking about like the appendix, the liver, kidneys, perhaps? I don't necessarily disagree with all of that, but I'll get back to my thoughts here in a second. Um, Steven Suskin from New York Stage Review said, quote, it's all such a silly, warmed over pile of cliches. The text, the pretext, merely serves to distract us from some captivating, if relentless dance numbers, two dozen in all. Why not dispense with the corny trappings and give these fine dancers the recital showcase they so clearly deserve? And finally, Amanda Marie Miller, writing for Theaterly, said, quote, Only Gold at MCC Theater has all the makings of a sparkling musical. There are high-energy numbers, bold design choices, and even a bit of star power. But, be it the plot, the book, or the space, the production's greatest potentials are swallowed by its desire to be more than it can handle. This seemingly rare dance-heavy show with an original story could carve a place into the theater landscape, but it would need to shed a lot of gratuitous layers before. Sure. Um... I don't think anybody is wrong necessarily. Maybe some of the specifics, but in general, I don't think mm-hmm. any of those three reviews are necessarily wrong. Okay. But here's the thing: I loved it. You loved like, it. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. It was an absolute elegant mess. It was Ooh. completely unfocused, but That's it was beautiful. That's how people describe me. I'm not elegant <laughs> mess. It's unfocused. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, it's but it's beautiful. It's weird. It's whimsical. And what I love about this show, and this is specific with all of Blankenbuehler's choreography, whether yeah. it's Hamilton, Bring It On, uh, In the Heights, Bandstand, every single thing that happens on stage has intention. Yeah, that intention, very intricate. Yes, that intention might not always be clear because sure. I think so much of the storytelling is done through dance that it, like the book, it seems to be very fuzzy on what's going on, but it is never not thrilling. It's this kind of mm. like ebullient, spectacular <laughs> thing that doesn't know – it knows what it wants to say, but it doesn't know exactly how to say it. Like you yeah. can get, there's these three main couples in the show and they all have something that they have to learn or achieve about themselves or each other or them, themselves together. We don't exactly know what it is they're trying to all learn, but you know that they're trying to learn something and there's a message there. They just don't necessarily do a great job of communicating what those messages and lessons are. It's the friendships they found along the way. (laughs) It is. Um, Yeah, but but I loved it. I sat there. I just smiled the whole time. It was fantastic. I thought the cast was tremendous. Gabby Diaz plays this the princess of this small fictional European country. Um, her parents, the king and queen, her, the king is Terrence Mann, obviously. Of course. Um, 
And uh, like I said, uh, Katie Weber stepped in as the queen when I saw it. She is normally in the ensemble. Um, and I guess she just found out like that afternoon that she was going on. Yeah. She was that seems spectacular. That with this show so far. Yeah. But it, um, but Gabby was great. Anytime you get Terrence Mann singing a new song, uh, it's spectacular. There's a few songs where like they have him rap, which is a little weird. I mean, not That's, rap rap, but yeah. like a kind of Kate Nashy rap. Uh, yeah. But he's – He's British, British pop rap. Yes, he's but he's fantastic. Hannah Cruz, who is great in Suffs, um, is also mm-hmm. in it as well. Tyler Haynes is really good. Um, Ryan Steele is tremendous as well. So um, everybody does a really great job. The book There's just too the, much. The music it seems it, like. I didn't have a problem with – a lot of people have said that, to be honest with yeah, you. That's what I, the theaterly review is. I didn't feel that. I just felt like I thought it was enough if it was more focused, if that makes sense. Yeah, I guess so. I, I, I feel like even pre-reviews, I've heard that from people as far as it's just way too overloaded. So it's interesting to say that you didn't have that problem and that it's just it, – it needs clearer focus, which I think yeah, is more – I, I don't know. I was going to say I, I feel like that's easier to edit than the other one, but maybe not. Well, well, the thing is, is that it is certainly overloaded now because yeah. nothing is specific. I think, I think, I don't think the problem though is that there's too much in it. It feels like it is now because nothing okay. is as concrete as you would like. I think the ideas are solid. The execution on some of the ideas isn't great, but the performances are tremendous. The dancing, obviously, the staging and it, and to be fair, I think Blank and Bueller's magic goes far beyond dancing. Like I think just staging in general, mm. like show pictures and, and just general movement. And I think that's true for not only this show, but everything he's done because he is yeah, not absolutely. just choreographed. uh, those shows uh, some of those shows so I I think that his brilliance goes far beyond just like the traditional dance choreography Um, but yeah the book's a little lacking the Kate Nash music does I mean next to nothing for me Um, it doesn't (laughs) well I think in this context I'm sure that if I listen to her music with her singing them on like the original albums it would be different rock out some foundations yeah but you but you want something more from a musical, especially, especially this one, or one that is like this high energy and exciting and thrilling. Mm-hmm. Since so many of the songs seem to sit in the mid chest register for most of the Absolutely. singers, sure. you never have that dynamicism uh, that you get from either somebody belting up real high or doing what we've heard Terrence Mann do a lot and singing down low in his register. Um, he does a little bit of that in his one like really great song. So that's thrilling. But everything else is just kind of like, you know, it's fine. It's it's nothing, you know, it's nothing stupendous in terms of vocal quality. Not, not that like the singing quality is bad, but just like the dynamics of the sure. songs are just meh. Um, but I would gladly see this again. I, I I can't imagine this one moves to Broadway. I mean, this is not a no, show I that... No, I highly doubt that. It this. doesn't sound like it would fit anyway. I mean, if it was good, I think it could. You know, if, I think if, it, if it was better, I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I, I love it. But yeah, I, it's, it's not a fit. It's that's not a, a fit for Broadway. That's a bold claim that if it's better, it would be on Broadway. Well, but based no, there on, are some... Based on Broadway. <laughs> well... 
there are some shows that you just see and like no matter who does this show sure. this is not a broadway show yeah, yeah. this is a broadway show in its best form i feel very similar to this that i did with black no more where the ideas are great the a lot of the staging the performances are phenomenal but this is what happens when you have people writing for musical theater who are not musical theater writers yeah. and that is very f- true of not only kate nash but andy blankenbuehler as great of a director and choreographer as he is he is not ever written anything for the stage at least at this level and i'm not even sure who ted malower is so maybe he has more theater credits than i realize but still a novice at this level and i think that there's a major difference between how you can take ideas and turn them into something on the stage that is much more difficult than people who might have success writing in in other ways or in other parts of theater really make it out to be and i think that's where this and black no more kind of failed Great ideas, great execution on some parts, but the things that you really have to have that connective tissue to make something work just isn't there. All right, so let's move on and let's run through a few quick bits of news before I talk about the rest of the shows in a little bit shorter fashion. Um, but today, Wednesday, November 9th, is the first somewhat delayed preview performance of the Broadway run of Jordan E. Cooper's Ain't No Mo, which is produced by the great Lee Daniels. Starting today, in person at the Belasco Theater, they will have a limited number of $20 tickets. They can be purchased for any preview performance from November 9th through November 30th. There is a limit of two per person, and they are only available today, Wednesday, November uh, November 9th. So if you want to see Ain't No Mo, head over to the Belasco uh, in Midtown sometime today and uh, make sure you get your $20 tickets. This is one that was a New York Times critic pick when it was at the Public Theater a few years ago. And I believe, and I Grace can correct me on this because I think I heard it from her. Jordan E. Cooper might be the youngest playwright either on Broadway That's right what now. She says, yeah, yeah, and she's working on the marketing for the show, yeah. so she would know better so she, than I would. I was gonna say, I feel like she should know. Yeah. So um, the show. This is according to the to the press release. Dares to ask the incendiary question: What if the U.S. government attempted to solve racism? By offering black Americans one-way plane tickets to Africa. Holy crap. Okay. <laughs> In. Yeah. Like, that's going to be an interesting show. And it has to do with flight attendants and some drag queens. And so I'm uh, looking forward to I this. I wait for all the white reviewers to talk about <laughs> this show. Can't wait. Just going to be fantastic. <laughs> Similar to one of the things that I'm going to talk about here in a bit later. But <laughs> oh, great. Um, okay. And other news on Tuesday, Deadline reported that John Tiffany, who won a Tony and Olivia Award for writing and directing Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, will direct the world premiere of the new stage musical adaptation of the 19 or the 2018 film Wild Rose. The show is planning a workshop next year in hopes of a production that will open first in Scotland in 2024 and then transfer to the West End and Broadway, all of which will be uh, directed by Tiffany. This mm-hmm. was not a film that I was super aware of, but it was yeah, in yeah. itself a musical drama directed by Tom Harper and had a great cast, including Jesse Buckley, uh, Julie Walters, Sofio uh, Okonedo, and more. James Harkness is in there as well. It went on to win um, BAFTAs for uh, Best Actress in a Leading Role for Jesse Buckley. Who Get is Jesse really Buckley kind of become, to do it again. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously, she's... One, I mean, she might be too big of a star at this point. She has too many movie things going Possibly, on. But, yeah. Um, the film also featured, uh, cameos from people like Casey Musgraves, Ashley McBride, Bob Harris, and more. So very excited to find about, out more about this one. 
Um, also, starting on um, actually now, by the time we're hearing this now, Jody Comer's Prima Facie, uh, Facie will be streaming live or not live, but on the National Theater at Home streaming service where it was live captured. It'll then be available first to subscribers and then to anybody starting on November 15th. This is a streaming service that I have the app for on my smart TV, but have not signed up for. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100% sure about how it works with um, different regions, but these are stage performances. So I am interested to see, I need to find out how the, uh, the U S rights work for that and what they have available. But this show is coming to Broadway. Yeah, I could, I could, Uh, although I don't think that the streamables uh, user base has a lot of uh, theater interest, but, um, uh, but this one's interesting. So check this one out and uh, look into national theater at home. Um, in other news, sticking in the UK, it was announced yesterday that Jenna Coleman and Aiden Turner will star in the West End premiere of Sam Steiner's new provocative play, Lemons, 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 directed by Josie Rourke, who we talked about earlier this mm-hmm. week. It will have a strictly limited run at the Harold Pinter Theater in the West End from January 18th through March 18th, uh, and it will then play the Manchester Opera House. Uh, for four or five days in March and then at the Theater Royal Brighton and the end of March and beginning of April. Tickets go on sale now. They're on sale now. So you can check them out. Um, Jenna Coleman, one of my favorite Doctor Who companions of all time. She also played Victoria, Queen Victoria in the show Victoria. And I believe her West End debut was with Sally Field and All My Sons and Bill Pullman uh, a few years ago as well. All right, so let's get into the rest of my shows uh, so far really quickly. My first show, Only Gold, you heard me talk about that. Then I saw Jahe Park's Peerless at 59 59th from Primary Stages. I interviewed Jahe about the show earlier. It's kind of a modern riff on Macbeth where two Asian-American sisters are doing whatever they can to get into the school of their choice. Um, it was a fine modern interpretation of Macbeth. I don't know that there was mm. anything that I – found revelatory beyond that it's like a lot of modern tellings of Macbeth whether that's Scotland PA or whatever mm-hmm. um, it's good yeah. I like it I'm a sucker for those things but um, you know it's fine um, then I went and saw Parade at, uh, at New York City Center their gala pr- production I've said before Parade's not necessarily my favorite show beyond last five years and a few songs here or there from Songs for a New World. Jason Robert Brown stuff generally isn't my favorite stuff. I like more of the belty stuff than the more legit, um, you know, symphonic stuff. That being said, this is a phenomenal production with two absolutely unspeakably incredible lead performances from from, uh, Michaela Michaela Diamond and Ben Platt. These two... Mark it down. They will both be Tony nominated, uh, this, you know, in the next six months or whatever it is. Um, because one, it's coming that this thing is coming to Broadway <laughs> and, um, they are both fantastic. The, my only question will be is if they try to play some sort of games with what category they put Michaela in, whether Lucia will be right. a lead or featured. I, I mean, for me, it's a lead role. Yeah. But that's a stacked category this season with, um, 
Sarah Bareilles and and Victoria Clark and um, uh, uh, Annalie Ashford in there as well. So I, it'll be interesting to see if they play fast and loose with that. But she is every bit deserving of a nomination in both of those categories and very well could end up uh, being the front runner to win uh, a Tony because it is fantastic. The one thing I will say is the way that it, it is it was staged at City Center. I, I wonder if they'll have to redo it a bit because it did make for some very difficult sight lines, uh, especially in the back of the orchestra. I heard I was upstairs and honestly, it was probably the best view to see the current production. I think mm. it has this like raised center platform where most of the acting happens and then things happen down and around it a little bit. And most of the cast is seated on stage throughout the, dur- the duration of the show. The orchestra, which was dire- uh, conducted by Jason Robert Brown, was in the back. So if you wanted to see that and if you wanted to be- have a good angle at everything, sitting upstairs was the best. I do wonder if they'll have to kind of make some modifications for whatever theater it ends up going into. Um, then I saw... On Sunday, I saw Cost of Living, the final performance on Broadway. I'm not going to talk about the show itself because you've talked about it, Ashley. We've heard the reviews. You all know by now it's a Pulitzer Prize winner. What I will say about the show is, man, I will tell you, seeing that cast come together for the curtain call, knowing it was their last performance and just Mm. the tears and the love that they had for each other um, was enough to make me well up and and cry. It was truly a magical experience to be there. Anytime you can be at a closing Broadway performance, it was uh, it was pretty fantastic. Then that night, I went to uh, the public theater to see A Raisin in the Sun. Um, this is one that the reviews were really, really good. Although some, as you mentioned, um, white critics did not like some of the changes that were made for this production. Um, I will say though, like if, if you do a show like this, like Raisin in the Sun today and you don't put some sort of spin on it, why are you doing it? Yes. Um, and, 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 and especially why are you getting like someone like Robert O'Hara to direct it if you don't want him to do something with it? And that being said, I don't think he changed all that much. Like there was, there was, there are certainly some things where you're like, oh, this isn't, you know, your, your mama or daddy's or even grandmama or daddy's, uh, a raisin in the sun where you're like, okay, I see what he's doing here, but it's still a raisin in the sun. It is still one of the most expertly tightly and perfectly written shows in the history of the American theater and the performances from especially Francois Batiste as Walter Younger and then of, course the legendary tanya pankins as lena are just really really fantastic i do want to also um shout out ruth played by mandy Mazden, who is tremendous so mm. this one has recently extended i was actually i bought tickets to what at the time was the, was final the last performance, performance right? <laughs> but yeah but i i bought them knowing like this one's gonna extend sure. like this is not good this is one that's going to extend it deserves the extension it deserves to run for quite a while i think it is really really tremendous i went with friend of the show and, and irl friend oliver henry roth who despite counting Clybourne park which is the Bruce Norris sequel to A Reason in the Sun had never mm-hmm. seen a production of A Reason in the Sun. And as he said to me at intermission, he's like, oh, this is a really good show. It's like, yeah, no kidding. Like, and he said that facetiously. <laughs> he said that here. facetiously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah sure. But like, oh, yeah, I get it. Yeah. So fantastic. Loved it. And then on Monday night, I went to a rare Monday night performance of Into the Woods at St. James Theater because they were taking Tuesday <laughs> yeah. off for voting purposes. Um, I got I got to tell you. Yeah. Still, still rocks. Yeah. Still really good. Yeah. Um, interesting. It's, so it's my, not too shabby of a show, that one. No. So my cast Despite now. Despite what some people on dating websites 
Look, you, if you want to tell your story, go for it. Uh, nah, but, I mean, go to go Twitter.com, to, to, yeah. I guess. Yeah, go to Ashley's Twitter go if you want Elon that Elon Musk's Twitter.com. <laughs> or don't. Yeah, um, please so don't. Here, here's what was great for me is that, one, I sat in the essentially the front row uh, over on the house left and got I mean, I was within if we if, if I really reached and the actor really reached, we could have touched. So it was fantastic. But what I was so excited about coming back to the show was is that I saw so many new people in roles and I had seen any either of the previous two times um, as the witch was Montego Glover. Hadn't seen her. Tremendous. Stephanie Yay. J. Block had not yet seen her as the baker's wife. Shocking. Stephanie is good at, at, at musical Can't theater. Can't believe. Wow. Um, I had not seen Gavin since Encores because I saw Cheyenne Jackson when oh, I saw right, it on right, Broadway right. previously. Mm-hmm. Doing a lot more for me than he was at Encores where he yeah. just kind of did it straight. He is, he's, there's a lot more comedy. Um, I still don't know that he has the right voice that I would want for either the prince or the wolf, but he's Gavin Creel and I'm he's fine great. With him. Yeah. Yeah. Andy Carl in as Rapunzel's prince. He's Andy Carl. Yeah. yeah. Um, Krista Rodriguez, who I was, I was a little, Interested in her uh, singing soprano, uh, but turns out she can do that. I don't think that it was necessarily as magical as as Philippa. And to be mm-hmm. honest with you, I don't know that Stephanie was as magical for me as Sarah was because there was just something ethereal about Sarah Bareilles's voice. But both incredible prose and just an absolute delight to see them play these characters. Um, Katie Garagetti uh, is great as Little Red. I had forgotten also that Nancy Opal was in the show now. So it's like she walks out and I'm like, oh, my God, I completely forgot. She is awesome. It was also great to see Aunt Harada back in the show um, after I'd seen her at Encores. It's really, really fantastic. And um, I don't I like I'm I'm not going to because just because of who I am. But like I kind of want to buy tickets for my December trip. Uh, But I don't know. I don't. I mean, there's not going to be enough. There's not going to be any cast changes that we know of, at least as of now, that will be different. We know that Denise is coming back into Cinderella, but I've already seen her. Stop me from seeing the show. (laughs) But I mean, I've seen everybody, so it's hard for me to justify going back when there's so many other new things to see. But uh, still wonderful, still fantastic, and I'm so glad that I saw it for second time on Broadway, third time with this production overall. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW. Matt, Ashley, where can people find you and all of your dating misadventures <laughs> with uh, people who don't like Sondheim yeah, shows? Yeah, truly. Twitter and Instagram at No This Is Ashley. Please like uh, Sondheim shows and me. Yes. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful <laughs> hump day, and we'll be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>